0: sounded like a few days ago in Montreal on the campus of McGill University. The picketers were from a campus Palestinian club. They demanded the hotels School of Business stop collaborating with Hebrew University, which they claim helps develop military strategies for the IDF, which are then used against Palestinians. But critics say this protest crossed the line into anti-Semitism because it targeted a building that bears the name of the Bronfman family, whose patriarch Samuel Bronfman built a liquor empire between the First and Second World Wars, and to this day, the Bronfmans fund many Jewish philanthropic projects, including Birthright, which sends Jewish teens and adults to Israel for free. While McGill says classes went back to normal the next day, the blockade doesn't surprise the authors of a new report on the state of anti-Semitism on Canadian university campuses. Researchers from the Abraham Global Peace Initiative started publishing their annual audits in 2021, so this is their third year. And as you can imagine, it documents what was happening on campus before October 7, 2023, and then after, they found a scary escalation of blatant targeting of Jewish students, the normalization of anti-Jewish and anti-Zionist hate, and everything from Jewish students being spit on at the University of Victoria to York U professors being charged for defacing Indigo's flagship store in Toronto. The University of Calgary's medical school came under fire when a Palestinian student was permitted to deliver an anti-Israel lecture without consequences, not to mention... Posters of hostages getting ripped down at McMaster, and you all heard about last fall's shoving match at Concordia between pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian students that led to arrest.
1: At what point do our ministers of education, our ministers of universities and colleges, our our federal members of parliament, hold these universities accountable as, as spaces for critical thinking, not spaces of indoctrination?
0: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Where we reported on the AGPI's first campus anti-Semitism report two years ago. For this study, covering 2023, the authors changed things up a lot. They've compared 53 universities from coast to coast, and for the first time, they gave each school a letter grade. The three worst rankings? Concordia, York, and U of T. They all got Fs. Five schools weren't far behind. Queen's, UVic, UBC, Lethbridge, and Toronto's Metropolitan University. They all got D minuses or Ds. Not surprisingly, these are also some of the same schools who are now the defendants in that class-action lawsuit launched by Diamond & Diamond asking for $15 million for systemic anti-Semitism, dating back 25 years. After October 7th, the study found a lot of universities felt compelled to issue policy statements on the Hamas attack and Israel's subsequent military response. But the authors found that these words on paper are mostly just words and don't translate into making the schools a safe environment for Jewish students and faculty. Dr. Neil Orlovsky is the Director of Education for the AGPI and he's lead author of the report. Welcome to the CJN Daily.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Now, we're speaking already in 2024, in the first two months, where a lot has happened, which unfortunately is not covered. But the reason I wanted to run this now to be completely transparent, is what happened at McGill on Thursday in Montreal, which wasn't in the report because obviously it was 2023. When you looked at all the various universities that you surveyed, were there blockades or pickets anywhere in your report? How serious is this?
1: You know, we have to look at the report in two different manners. On one hand, we have to look at January 1st of 2023 to October 6th, 2023, as one... Um, space and time. And there were a number of skirmishes and, and Israeli apartheid weeks and so on that made the report. But the the crux of the report really starts on October 7th, because that's really when we saw not just an escalation, but questions around safety for Jewish uh, students, for Israelis who may not be Jewish or really any allies. So... There were other instances across the country with uh, Concordia, with um, York and U of T. But obviously McGill, uh, which happened just a few days ago, becomes one of the largest talking points. University of Victoria, they had yeah. walked
0: through the gauntlet to get. Absolutely. McMaster, too, walking through the gauntlet to get on campus.
1: Exactly. So one of the things that we really tried to look at is, you know, this year, what makes our report different from last year is we assigned a grade as opposed to simply reporting what's going on um we tried to evaluate it not from a necessarily academic perspective but from a you know a lot of parents are saying, well, you know, I want to send my student to what school? How should I go? I'm reading McLean's reports. You know, can you give me the the um, the overview of whether or not it's safe? And that's the question I really want to focus on because in the case of Queen's University, where there were instances of mezuzahs being ripped down and there was a student who drove through a crowd of Jewish students, the piece I want to look at is whether or not it was necessarily sanctioned by the university or whether or not it was on behalf of versus a one-off. In the case of the mezuzah, while I don't know all of the instances, having been to university, especially Queen's University, there are students that might engage in a little too much drinking. There could be some silliness, and I'm not saying ripping down a mezuzah is silliness, but whether or not that is, you know, on behalf of the university versus ignorant individuals, we had to look at things that way. In the case of McGill this past week, the fact that the university didn't intervene, the fact that we called for the Montreal police to intervene and they were not they were slow to react, that to me poses a much larger issue than simply a poster going by or a Palestinian flag being raised. That to me shows that the university itself is slow to respond and therefore slow to respect the rights of all racialized and marginalized bodies, in our case, the Jewish community.
0: But this the picketing uh, that blocks access to a building, how, if anything, maybe it's not, but how is that more serious than, the, well, the Concordia fight that happened uh, in November uh, in the student center where they had actual... Police have to come and make arrests.
1: In the case of the Concordia, you know, protest and fight and and so on, there are a lot of similarities. My first question is, where is security? Where is campus security? Because these both infringe on the university's policies for safe and inclusive spaces. I know that the term inclusive has recently been co-opted to ensure that uh, inclusivity includes um, Palestinian students and then speaking out against anti-Palestinian racism in which case inclusive spaces don't necessarily include Jewish students and Given all of that, that shouldn't matter. When there are threats of violence, when there are students who are hijacking classes, when they're occupying and holding students hostage inside of these buildings, Jewish, non-Jewish allies and non-allies, this becomes a detriment not just to the name of the university, but really to to the reputation. And for students who are looking and going, this is the time when students are beginning to apply for university for next year. And I'm having hundreds of phone calls, literally hundreds of phone calls from parents, uh, as well as emails and WhatsApp saying, should I be sending my student, my, my child to A, B, and C? I'm fearful for not just the educational value, but for their own safety, because this will be the first time they're leaving home. And so for students who may not have left or kids who've never left, now going off to McGill and experiencing, which is rampant hate, anti-Jewish hate beyond anti-Semitism. These are threats of violence simply because of a Star of David or wearing a, a, a kippa or just a political affiliation. This is is beyond the pale.
0: Hey, but McGill didn't make your top three worst schools this this past not year. Last year, Concordia did. No surprise. York and and U of T did. But McGill, yeah. you gave them
1: a C. So McGill is not absent from criticism. There have been rises in anti-Semitic incidents. There's been really a failure, or rather, a, a dragging of their own feet by the administration, the provost, the vice president's office. They have come out in in, in condemning. the the anti-Semitic rise on campus at the time. They've, you know, done their best to investigate posters on campus. They've done their best to try to create inclusive spaces. The university has begun to... Uh, condemn acts of anti-Semitism, acts of anti-Zionism, acts of anti-Jewish hate, and I am drawing a difference between the three. But at the same time, they're using those experiences then to guide the development and their own reflection of their DEI policies. It is slow, so because they've been trying to come out in front of it, that's where the, the grade of a C comes in. The fact that what happened this past week with the Bronfman building is a whole other situation. And we're looking to see how that plays out, not just in the coming days, but in the coming weeks, and then how that will lend to an environment of safety, inclusivity, equity, and so on. Every buzzword we can think of for Jewish students and as well other racialized and and marginalized groups.
0: When your report says blatantly targeting Jewish students, jeopardizing their safety.
1: Mm -hmm. All of this didn't happen in a vacuum. Right. We see from 2020, 2021 and our previous reports that there is an escalation of what I'm calling tolerable intolerance towards Jews. It's, you know, the adage of the canary in the coal mine and who comes first. And, you know, if we are willing to accept the hate that the Jewish students, Jewish um, professors and and staff are, are you know, are getting on a daily basis, then who's next? We have policies that speak out against anti-black racism, against the 2SLGBTQ plus community. And we're even seeing the emergence, as I mentioned, of of um, anti-Palestinian racism. And yet anti-Zionism, anti-Semitism is being pushed aside further and further by unions protesting, speaking out, speaking that uh, around the idea of freedom of speech and academic freedoms and so on, without drawing a parallel between hate against a country and their foreign policy versus the citizens of the country. So in the case of McGill in 2024, we will look at this, this key event that happened But again, understand that it didn't happen in vacuum. And I have to say that McGill wasn't the only issue or the only school that there was an issue. We had the University of Waterloo Optometry Department on February 14th run a fundraiser for UNRWA and then reports that another an additional 400 uh, members of UNRWA have been directly linked to Hamas, in which case the question becomes if Canada recognizes Hamas as a terrorist entity and the University of Waterloo Optometry Department is raising funds for UNRWA who is directly linked to Hamas, then the question has to, to be asked whether or not the optometry students are Knowingly raising funds for Hamas.
0: Okay, let's go back to the bigger picture of your last year's report. You gave a lot of A's. Yeah. A's to universities where there were no reports of anti Semitism. Right. How can you be sure that on the macro level, it's one way, but micro level students come home and they report to their mom and their dad, hey, my professor said this in class, or A, I can't feel like I can, you know, give this essay topic in about Zionism or about Herzl or whatever in my social justice course, because they won't accept that I'm going to fail. Tell me how you can give so many A's when we don't really know what's happening. You're just looking at reported cases and what the university issues on its website about its policy
1: all of this information is fluid number one so it's always uh, um, changing it's being updated as more and more individual reports come come forward but the report itself is written based on open source material so newspaper articles radio and and podcasts and and university statements We are not privy to every conversation, every affinity group, and every working group that might have one-on-one conversations with the provost department, for DEI uh, departments, and so on. Now, that said, since the report has come out, we have had numerous um, individuals as well as staff at various universities across the country reach out to us. We've only looked at 53 universities. We haven't looked at any of the universities in the territories, and we haven't looked at any colleges on across Canada since the report has come out we have been updating. we saw specifically with Brock University which we were in fact um, incorrect by that we did miss a few which we admit and since then we have updated and issued on our website the updated report which specifically speaks to conversations had between working groups Um, union conversations with the provost department, as well as individuals, families who have engaged in conversations with the university. And because of that, the university is constantly being updated because we want people to understand that we are only privy to some information, as much as we can, but by no means do we have access to everything.
0: Understood. And it's important because there's so many, there's like 23 A's, Plus, there's hardly there's no Jews there in some of these ones. Right. So I was curious about in Montreal, there's a lot of French language universities. And I'm sorry, I don't buy that. There's no anti-Israel stuff going on at these French universities. But we don't have people reporting it to you or your or your staff doesn't read French press. So
1: So that could be that that could definitely be um, the bigger issue, as you mentioned, is they're not being reported.
0: Okay, so it's a work in progress.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, Where does this report fit when we. Remember the 27 university presidents that got letters from Anthony Housefather mm-hmm. and his colleagues regarding how they're dealing with anti-Israel and anti-Semitism. You're aware of this letter. It came Absolutely.
1: out.
0: Where does your report fit?
1: Well, our report came out, I want to say, a few days prior to their letter coming, uh, being being sent to the presidents. We have been in touch with some of the presidents following to make sure that they not only had a copy of the report, but they specifically saw where... Um, our, our evaluation of their university came in. We haven't heard directly from too many universities. We are waiting to hear. But sadly, if they had to choose between Anthony Housefather and myself, I'm hoping they chose uh, MPP, uh, Sorry, MP Housefather. But we hope that in their review and meeting with their own DEI departments and their human rights departments that they have considered and reflected on what we've put in our report. Okay, I wanted to ask you about the rankings. You you decided to give them letters. We devised a rubric, right? We said that we are now going to, instead of giving arbitrary grades based on the amount of reports, we came up with an actual rubric that looked at a number of things. And then really, you know, we had to evaluate whether or not it was, quote unquote, anti-Semitism or, and pardon my French, stupidity on behalf of possibly drunk students. Are these one-off incidents of you know, vandalism and so on, or are they things that the university are aware of? And they're saying, well, it's too big or it doesn't fit within our larger matrix of abr anti-black racism or any of the other policies that might be guiding so we're looking at institutional policies this year we were looking at education and awareness so what did they do once there was a report did they investigate did they educate did they run awareness campaigns were there statements issued on behalf of the provost was there training who was leading that training right were the what was the incident response was it campus police um municipal police was it part of a larger conversation with OPP or RCMP how does that fit within the larger campus culture we see in areas specifically around TMU with the occupation of buildings that are are bleeding out into Young Street Dundas Square and so on that it not only harms the campus culture, but it's harming the culture and the larger environment of a city. And then lastly, what pieces are put in place to monitor future uh, uprisings? And can we assess that?
0: So this year, you gave York, again, a bad rating that you did last time, and you gave U of T a bad rating. York also had three statements by student unions and uh, associations that were supporting Hamas and then the university came down and said, no, this is bad. You have to rescind those comments or you're going to lose your license, whatever they get to operate. Whatever happened with that?
1: Okay, so I was told by, you know, a source that the, um, the student union, the graduate student union had rescinded, but that wasn't the case. So it seemed more so like an empty threat. And so the university issued this public statement, which sadly made the community feel much better. It felt like we were doing something that the university stood with their students and we celebrated it. And nobody could find this. And then nobody really followed up. It just I'm getting tired of where we're being fed, you know, something from the universities and we're being made to feel good, only to be abused next week through another incident. And at what point do we say enough is enough? Enough with these these platitudes and this virtue signaling. Theory into practice, practice into action.
0: Okay, so Anthony Hausfrau and his people are like, this is amazing. They're all down for this. They're super on our side. We're really pleased, giving them lots of kudos. And you're having a different view of this.
1: Very much so. You know, in our report, it's not that I, I'm not here to make friends. It's the report is what's going on. You told us this last year. We held you to account You told us something else and new information is coming out that nothing has changed. Your report
0: came out the year that the Harvard and the the MIT presidents being, you know, grilled on the Senate about how their policies about Israel were or were not against their own academic policies. Should there be a similar hearing in parliament in Canada,
1: absolutely. Maybe not to the same extent, but I do believe that there needs to be a you know university by university um, discussion where they need to be called up and said, "Well, you know, you've said this. Here's what happened and timelines." The other issue when when we're talking about Harvard and MIT and Penn is that while we're holding the the presidents accountable, we also need to have an understanding as to where definitions like the Ira working definition of of, of anti-Semitism fits in within our DEI policies, within our human rights departments at universities, because if that is the accepted definition, which the Jewish community, who for whatever reason, Jews seem to be the only racialized and marginalized bodies that do not get to define the hate that they receive, if that's the agreed upon definition, then we should adhere to it, whether or not Other bodies agree or disagree. The universities and and the unions are talking about the fact that this limits academic freedom and freedom of speech and so on, when in fact it doesn't. That themselves become, um, you know, a a gaslight attempt at speaking over Jews. And, you know, I'm starting to use the term Darvo, where they are, you know, they're, they're, they're inverting the victim and the oppressor in this case.
0: I do want to ask you about U of T. U of T was in trouble a year ago for its treatment at uh, the Medical School of Jewish Students with Dr. Ayelet Cooper's report. You gave it an F, even though they committed to doing things. We've reported on some of their roundtables that they hosted with students, healing circles. Uh, They hired a new person to replace Dr. Cooper. The president, Merrick Gertler, had a ceremony where they had, you know, promises. So why are they still an F?
1: (sighs) When people say healing circles, I I just I have to to smile. Um, there are some great intentions for work to be done. And in the case of the I I-L at Cooper, you know, that came out in December 22. We decided to add it because a lot of the fallout happened in 2023. That still was a big deal. Right. While the while President Merrick Gertler, you know, provided a statement saying that, you know, these atrocities committed by Hamas, they are atrocities. The university could only do so much. It's when we get into the the campuses, what happens at OISE, what happens at Victoria, what happens at Mississauga,
0: where that's there were charges <laughs> laid for students that were threatening. Yeah.
1: I think Gertler has done as much as as you know the president can do. But what's going on in the trenches? What's going on at the grass level? And that's then why holding a president accountable might not change anything. So, yes, there are still significant walkouts, uh, anti-Zionist days, or sorry, uh, Israeli apartheid days, posters going up, unions being called, um, academic, claims of academic uh, freedom being infringed on for speaking out against Israel when, in fact, they're speaking against you know Jewish students and so on. The university can put whatever policy in place, but it's up to the departments and then it's up to the student code of conduct to be enforced to create these safe spaces for Jewish students. And as I mentioned, all other racialized and marginalized bodies.
0: Okay. finally, in the report, you guys signaled it a lot. So I want to bring it up. The Diamond and Diamond class Mm -hmm. action lawsuit against several of the major uh, universities for failure to address anti-Semitic incidents over decades, since 1998, like UBC and all these other ones. Do you think that will um, impact
1: all the stuff you've been seeing? I think it's a great start because it's really the only way that we can combat the apathy towards anti-Semitism on campus. I sadly, in my heart, don't think anything, even if they're successful... I don't think anything's going to change. And the reason being, if I'm not mistaken and please don't quote me, they're only seeking $15 million and what I would like to see is $1.5 billion. Again, it's an absurd amount, but I think that point it's going to force universities as well as those like Minister Joe Dunlop, the Minister of Universities and Colleges to take a step back and say what's going on here.
0: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. I want to point out a valuable resource for families considering attending university in Quebec or college. Last fall, right after October 7th, Montreal's Federation CJA put together a really great list of resources for Jewish students. It tells them in clear steps what to do if they face an anti-Semitic experience. How to report it, who to call for help... And it's broken down for each of the 10 institutions in the area, from Vanier to UQAM. I put the link in our show notes. And we'll end with some more on the topic of campus anti-Semitism. Kevin Vuong, a Toronto area MP, an independent MP, brought the issue up in the House of Commons on Monday. He told Parliament that OCAD, the Ontario College of Art and Design in Toronto, is, quote, a cesspool of anti-Semitic hate for the threats and intimidation that's been happening to a student named Samantha. He didn't give her last name. So we'll let you hear his speech to Parliament. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily.
1: Rather than fight hatred, some institutions have turned a blind eye or pretended it falls under the rubric of freedom of expression. Mr. Speaker, hatred and violent threats have no place in any freedom. The failure of OCAD University to combat the surge in anti-Semitism is unacceptable. OCAD has become a cesspool of hate. Jewish students feel so unsafe that one, Samantha, had OCAD donors fund private security just so she could go to school. She's had to deal with death threats, her name etched into stairwell walls, and the threats of sexual violence towards her mother. Mr. Speaker, the Ontario government will be providing post-secondary funding to compensate for lost revenue due to the federal government's cap on student visas. As OCAD has failed to address hate, it should not receive funding from any government until its campus is safe for everyone.